This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, and for industry investors and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sapanos. Today, I'm speaking to Diana Yunan, who is the Customer Success Manager at Core Plus. Core Plus is a digital health practice management software for allied health private practices. And Diana has some wonderful experiences to share about how you might be able to make your health practice more customer-centric. Well, hey, Di, how are you today? Great, Yanni. How are you? I'm fantastic, thanks. You've got a passion in customer success, which from a software standpoint has a context, but there's a lot of learnings in it, a lot of wisdom on how to deal with uh, the digital landscape that a lot of people are interacting with every day, whether it's a mobile or a web browser. So I really wanted to kind of explore that with you on, you know, what kind of learnings could translate into a health practice based on your own experience in working through how to help people succeed in using applications in the healthcare space. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what customer success means from your point of view? Customer success, oh, it can mean a, a lot of things. I, I guess for for myself and, and, and my team, the number one thing it represents is happiness in our customers in the form of successful businesses, happy employees, happy processes. And it goes along to our Core Plus tagline, which is practice happy. And, and for us, that's kind of like the guiding light about people using the program in all its aspects. So in the context of this podcast, reimagining healthcare, defaulting to customer success or just success in, in digital health is such an obvious one. And and I shared a story with you recently that I think I would really like to share with your listeners. And it's about the evolving environment of customer experiences in terms of um, physical or digital or, um, you know, with a friend or whatever the case is. At the moment, there's some new trends coming out where um, customer experiences are being slowly defined by the meter. So in a physical space, the story I want to share with yourself and, and the listeners is essentially with, with your experiences. And it's one that I guess everyone can relate to pretty easily is walking into, um, you know, a retail store. So for example, you need, you know, a new item of clothing or something like that. And what it's like as a consumer to walk into a space like that, you know, one of the first things you might notice is the, is the lighting or there's a, a scent that fills the room, you know, all those things are have been designed, you know, and, and you walk around, you see that everything has been visually merchandised. Um, it's really attractive to look at the salesperson, the way they they greet you or they may not greet you, um, the music that's playing in the background, even uh, the type of hanger that something is attached to, whether it's plastic or wooden. All those things design an experience when you walk into a retail store. Whilst there's definitely health practices out there that consider these sorts of things for their clients that are coming in for a healthcare uh, experience, a lot of them don't as well. For me, it's, it's, it's an interesting time now for people to start thinking about, you know, their success factors within a health practice. What are, the, what are the touch points? What are the experiences that a client will have with your health practice? What was resonating with me when you were talking about that is you really connect with the human experience, which, you know, we see things we smell things, we touch things, we hear things. Absolutely. And all of that comes into a frame of interpretation or um, emotion and that gives us a feeling. 
And that feeling could be positive, uh, neutral or, um, or bad. And so all of that goes into setting up the relationship that somebody has with the, the practice or in your example with the retail store. Mm. I remember during my university days that uh, the concept of branding, you know, there was a whole assignment on it and it was always a contentious issue as to what exactly it was. Was it the logo? It was the sum total of every interaction you have with the brand and the kind of emotional relationship that you develop with it. And so if you're only going to go somewhere once and never go back, well, you're not really going to develop a brand experience. But if the brand experience starts well to the extent that it encourages the person to come back, as is the case in retail, then you start to build a relationship with the brand. And so for me, those linkages that you're describing really resonate. So do you want to tell me a little bit more about the background that you've come from where you you definitely get a context on the retail experience and then how that's translated into some of the experience that you've had in the um, health practice setting as well. Yeah, absolutely. My university background is um, in mental health, so specifically social science with um, with psychology as the, as the key focus. And for myself, becoming a practicing psychologist wasn't something that I opted in for. Um, sort of third year uni kind of gave it away to me that I really wasn't prepared. I got into the space of HR, which was a comfortable place to start for me. It wasn't too, you know, um, not too, not too out there. You know, I really always enjoyed um, working with people. That was, that still is number one for me. And then there was an opportunity that came up to work for a, um, a, uh, a pretty progressive mental health organisation with, uh, I guess, in the in the runnings of it, so the, the business um, side of things. And I have zero training in business. So for me, that kind of really appealed to develop a side of myself that I didn't think I was interested in, to, to be honest, early on. But um, what intrigued me about this um, space was really the, when I refer to progress, was the tech that they were using and, and how they were using it. So I, um, I got pretty lucky and, and, and stepped straight into a management role. Essentially, it was a, like a reception team who was managing inquiries from, you know, clients seeking men- mental health assistance throughout um, the country. So for us, it was really important that that face-to-face factor was missing, you know, with a lot of other health practices where people can walk in and experience a practice and a person behind a reception desk, which is, you know, um, very typical. So for us, it was um, it was really important to be able to provide an experience via phone. So we tried to make it as personable as possible, you know, relate to a person, make them comfortable. Mental health is a, is a completely different ballgame in, in many ways to, to a lot of the other allied health practices. So it was challenging for sure, but the tech made it possible. It's, it's really interesting. There's, there is a little bit of a segue there on, on how tech plays a role in, in producing a really positive experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and notwithstanding that we're sort of, we're somewhere between a, a real world or a physical world, let's say, mm. and, and the digital space and, you know, this whole evolution of digital healthcare is um, converging around those two. You know, traditionally we've been accustomed to going to a physical location yeah. and walking into a reception centre yeah, yeah. and uh, and then being greeted yeah. and, and, and being sort of structured in the way that yeah. we do that. And usually the health practice is doing it from the point of view of what works for them. But uh, this is kind of taking the thinking into a way where you don't have the, you know, the face-to-face encounter first what you're hearing is a voice yeah. and you've, you're picking up something from that voice on the other side of the phone. And, um, and so can you touch on a little bit more about, you know, what, what that was, um, what the thoughts were around that in terms of um, producing a, a really positive experience, notwithstanding that you really didn't know what you were going to encounter given uh, you're dealing with mental health and 
It could have been um, um, a traumatic experience or yeah. potentially just uh, a less traumatic experience. So do you want to walk us through the the experience side of it, the success factors that sort of came into that? Mm, look, I mean, for, for any practice, the success factor of a, a client inquiring was to, to have a booking at the end of the call, which we did pretty well on. There was a, f- a few factors. First of all, the, the number one thing for sure was being able to connect with the client. A lot of people were calling up for the first time that had never had any sort of, um, I guess, experience with a, a mental health consultant or, you know, um, being with, I guess even talking to someone about their problems, so they've never actually vocalised that before. You know, for us, uh, the the uh, we had a lot of um, male clients coming through with anger management issues, and they were almost embarrassed to talk about it on the phone. And you know, and, and part of our um, I, one of the success factors was making them feel comfortable talking about it. And it's not like we were trying to extract you know detailed family histories or anything like that, but it was more about like making them feel okay. What they're looking for help with is is pretty prevalent, you know, and. I'm going to pull out a, a stat here and I reckon it was at least half of the male clients that we that we were having conversations with did present for, for anger management and we would let them know that. Um, that was really important for us to, to be able to say, hey, you know, don't stress about it. Um, you're, this is like one of the, the, the most common things that, that dudes call up about. And that, that kind of, you know, relaxed the conversation about, you know, you throw in a couple of words that might be, you know, popular in, in that age group, you know, you'd, you'd get a bit of a sense of what that person was like, you know, how stiff they were on the phone and language was huge. You know, you didn't have to put up a front, this, you know, whole professional thing that people talk about. It's not always about that. You know, it's about being human. It's about being authentic and having a real conversation. The barrier, we tried to remove that barrier, you know, even if it was a face-to-face thing, there's still, there's still that kind of privacy barrier that's up. It's breaking through that and being able to have a genuine conversation with someone that makes them feel at the end of, of that, um, you know, hey, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I think I'm going to be okay coming into this. The the flow of the conversation would would ease, you know, that there was that initial tension that would kind of melt away as, as, the, as the conversation progressed. You'd get to know, you know, their location. Um, you'd get to know, um, you know, if they'd, if, they'd, if they'd been to see someone before. It was just, you know, and sometimes it didn't even need to be that specific. Um, I, I recall we had a a, um, a woman who she had a, a little toddler and I could hear the toddler screaming in the background and she just had a newborn and so she was uh, she sort of made it known that she was not coping postnatal and she's like and, and she just broke down. She's like, I just can't do this anymore. And I'm like, oh, those bloody kids, you know. So we just kind of had a bit of a laugh about it. It's it's building a relationship with your client, you know, even though you're not the practitioner. For us, that was that was key. It was the, the number one focus for us was to be able to build a relationship with that client, even if they then, you know, chose to not book the appointment or whatever the case is, it was to be able to build a connection. So they felt okay about either calling up another time or sort of trusting that they're on the right path. That's probably something that I a lot of us can can relate to. There's um, over the years I've I've been in the corporate sector at different parts of my journey in life um, in in terms of career and there was always this sort of um, corporatized way of trying to engage with people, mm. which is to create scripts and to you know try and control it. Yeah. And I think what you're describing there is that um, you know everyone can really only just be themselves, and and so by understanding that we we can have a goal in terms of how we're trying to create an experience for somebody and then how we're trying to design an experience. But on the same token, we've, we've got to allow for people to be people. Mm. I'm a strong believer that um, a lot of people have the wrong context when it comes to the way they relate to their businesses. They tend to think of it in terms of revenue and yeah. um, and profits and, and what have you. And, you know, they're important in terms of being financially sustainable. 
But ultimately, um, you know, my take on it is that a business is a small group of people that is helping a large group of people. And when you keep those contexts in mind, it helps you um, find the way to relate to that person. And it's easier to do when you're one-on-one and it's easier to do when you're face-to-face, for sure. But on the same token, we're in a digital world and a lot of people are choosing to uh, use technology in a way that suits their lifestyle. And so I think part of the reimagining the healthcare experience takes us down a road where we have to look at healthcare and the delivery of healthcare in a way that is immersed in the client's life and not necessarily um, expecting the client to depart from their life in order to enter the healthcare practitioner's life, so to speak. It's more about how we actually bring ourselves into the world of our clients and how we actually support them with what they're trying to achieve for themselves. And sometimes that's going to be not face-to-face and it's going to be on the other side of a web page or some kind of communication system like instant messaging. And so the the idea of reimagining healthcare in the context of um, how do we build the relationship is really understanding people. And um, there's one thing I know that um, you've got a growing passion in is is understanding the persona of the person that you typically work with and then designing a journey uh, around that. Do you want to talk a little bit more about (laughs) some of the stuff that we talk about in the hallways from time to time and it's it's exciting stuff? It is exciting stuff. My my role at Core Plus, I mean, shifting away from like instant, you know, um, contact with the client is the the healthcare provider now behind the client. So, I, uh, I know those people pretty well and I guess at Core Plus what we've been trying to do um, is, 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 get to, is get to know how they interact with the tech as well. So, you know, we did an experiment about six, six months ago or so. So essentially we're looking at how they engage with Core Plus as a product, you know, what makes people tick, what makes people come back and, and use it some more or, you know, give us a call or shoot us an email or something that why, why would they want to – engage with us, you know? So we look at those things. We, we measured from a, uh, I guess a, a human context, like what makes them tick, you know, a, and a health practitioner specifically. And, uh, we did a, a pretty cool experiment with a, with a new piece of tech that we, um, implemented. And that's, um, it's a bit of an AB test of, um, how people reacted to a, a welcome message from us. So, you know, they'd um, start a trial and they get a little pop-up in their dashboard and one spoke very much to to your your health practitioner you welcome to to call plus and you know all that usual intro stuff but the the sort of key essence of the message was um using words that they were familiar with you know saying um we had something along the lines of you know you've just embarked on a journey with us like your client would with you you know and we sort of talked that a little bit and towards the end said you know we're here sort of to help but if you no show this message you know we won't hold it against you so we spoke their we spoke their lingo and that to this date has been the most successful welcome message so far because we get them, you know, they they connect with it. So it's the one that's had the most engagement in terms of responses to, yeah, so I think we've had that one running for, for six months or even longer. And um, the B version has changed every single month to try and compete with the A and has not bet it so far. So something else that um, we introduced alongside of it was um, was another way to engage with us. And again, it's in a context that, probably would be familiar with if they were a healthcare consumer. It's um, very much speaks to the, how their client would engage with them. And that's via the good old uh, book now button. So 
uh, one of our B tests that we introduced um, more recently was getting just, a, again, a, a super um, friendly welcome message. You know, this is where you go for this and reach out to us here. And um, and we finished it off with, you know, if you're interested in a, in a phone call to, to chat a little bit further or, or a demo of the product for, for us to show you around, click the book now button. And, um, and what we did there was um, pretty clever and we used a um, – the success team that is, um, we used our own product that is Core Plus. So we actually use that every day now to to manage anybody that's booking through and um, coming in for a, or when I say coming in, calling in uh, for a, 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 a phone call or a product demo. So there's been plenty of iterations of that, but the, the primary thing for us was for them to experience the product as a client would, but at the same time experience it as a practitioner using it. So the book now spoke to, you know, how easy it is to book an appointment with Core Plus, how easy it would be for their client to do that with their own practice using the system. And two, it's then saying that the system that they're trialling does make this possible for them. I think you've made a couple of really good points there and that is that um, you're experimenting yeah. as a starting point. Yeah. And so for those for those that aren't really sort of deep marketing boffins, you know, the AB test, for mm. example, is is an analogy for either an established way or a suggested way of doing things on behalf of your clients in terms of achieving something with them. Like, for example, in the context of a health practice, if you've got an advertisement out and uh, you want to see how that's performing, you've got some data points in relation to how that advertisement is actually performing. So then what you do is you create an alternative to it yeah, and you run those in some kind of parallel way, which um, could be, for example, that the next person who response that to that advertisement um, or sorry sees that advertisement is displayed a version B of the advert and then the next person after that is displayed version A and it just keeps alternating and there's a lot of different permutations you can go into but that's kind of a very basic model the when you hear people talk about AB it's just simply saying we are experimenting with different ways of actually advertising so if you sort of step back from advertising and you start to look at the experience and how we reimagine healthcare you can look for ways where you can either accept the way that you do things is great, uh, at which point you're not really iterating and you're not really uh, continuously improving in terms of how you're evolving your health practice. And that might be great if you are overutilized and you don't have any problem with client acquisitions and your you know diary is booked out for mm. years in advance and everything's looking great and um, business performance is excellent. And how many of those practices do we meet on a day-to-day basis? Right. Uh, so the alternative would be to actually be looking at the way that we do things and in the, in the health practice we can have a baseline um, so we certainly know the way we're doing it now mm. and then introduce subtle changes yeah. that go towards designing an enhancement or a improvement in the way that we are um, either meeting and greeting a client, whether it's online, uh, using the book now kind of uh, pathway mm-hmm. Uh, or whether it's over the phone responding to an advert or whether it's through a web page using some kind of instant messaging or whether it's actually what happens when the person walks into into the health practice. That's right. And then beyond as well because it's not just that first meet and greet, is it? It's also got to do with what happens next and how we build the relationship. Did you want to share some of your thoughts around that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the that's the a, a really a, a good point. It's that the healthcare experience doesn't stop once the client finishes their appointment. And I think a lot of a lot of practitioners are waking up to that. It's it's what happens after the fact, you know, the next day or, you know, have if they have booked or have not booked the next appointment, what happens in that space? I shared a story with you recently about a dental appointment that I had and look, yes. I uh 
I will share this one, and, I, and I'm not sure if this is common or not. I mean, I haven't been to a different dentist for a while, but it was a an extraction that I had recently, and um, it was a really horrific experience. I'm not a fan of of you know of dentists. Pretty probably typical experience for a lot of people. But I think a lot of people, share yeah. That. But it was a it was a really nice experience coming into the clinic. You know, it's super clean. I'm, uh, I've got a critical eye for this. I think also being in the industry doesn't you know it, it goes to that. But you know, it's a it's a clean uh, it's a it's a, a, clean, a clean practice. It's um well furnished. You know, the the magazines are always up to date. There's always um you know the TV is on, but the volume is quite pleasant. It's not too loud. They've thought about of they've thought about their experience a lot. I remember even my initial appointment with the um, dentist, he talked about, he, he linked it back to their brand. You know, it's a, it's the, you know, X, you know, insert name here, smile. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what the hell? But, you know, it stuck with me. Like I, I it's something I remember. Uh, and yeah, so part, post this extraction, it was a really unexpected event for me, which is a follow-up call the next day. And they didn't say, hey, let's book you in for your next appointment or anything. And it was just like a courtesy call, a genuine phone call just to see how I was doing. And I was like, oh my God, you guys are so awesome. Like I did not expect that. It was, uh, and it, it's a, it's left a, a long lasting memory with me, even though it's probably routine for them. And I p- might know that because again, in the industry, I kind of get how these things are, are designed. It was really pleasant. You know, they send me a birthday card every year. It's like got these big chompers on the front. It's kind of a, a, a not, a, not the prettiest looking birthday card, but they remember, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a nice touch that they have. And it's something that I encourage, um, you know, allied health to, to consider as well. It's it's what happens after the appointment. Do you actually, for a mental health one, call them the next day or physio or whoever the whoever the, the practicing type might be? What happens after the fact, you know? Do you have a survey that goes out to see how the session went? You know, is it a, a reminder, a SMS to, you know, schedule in the next appointment if they haven't yet? What are the practices? What are the post-appointment touch points that you have with a client? I think it's a bit of an untapped, bit of an untapped potential there. Yeah, I definitely think there's um, there's so much opportunity to actually take some of those learnings from uh, some other parts of the healthcare sector mm. that are probably focused on it more. Dentistry, as an example, I think we we're all getting used to seeing the you know the slick dentist, uh, you know the marketing's there, you know the branding's there, um, the way that the um, the whole look and feel of the dentist experience. Yeah. Uh, and particularly as uh, private health insurers have gone into those particular sectors, they've brought some money in, they've brought the people in, they've really built out those designs and they're really thinking about the journey of um, of the client going through that experience as well. And I think that's kind of the um, the underlying theme here is that, you know, keeping humans at the um, uh, centre of why we're doing what we're doing and sort of understanding that we are sensory, yeah. you know, we, we have these sensory, uh, uh, sensory relationship with the environment and the world around us and you know, we're, we're emotional and, uh, and we have lifestyles. So we are wanting to um, have good relationships with the people that we choose to provide services to us uh, and um, healthcare providers are part of that network. They're part of that relationship or that community that each of us can build around us. And you do want to build relationships. I think, I think fundamentally most of us want to do that. And I don't think we necessarily want to churn and burn relationships. Uh, it's kind of, you know, I mean, you can try and shop around for price, but I think at the end of the day, when you sort of find somebody that provides a good experience and you're, you're getting outcomes that you're looking for and you feel like you can work with this person and they do those nice little things like um, have a sincere interest in mm. how you're feeling post-service and, uh, you know, they remember the birthday and they do those kinds of things. They're building a relationship with you and they're just reminding you that they're, they're here. So, you know, we're, 
we're here, we're ready for you. It's great that everything's getting better and things are going well, but um, if they don't, then it's more likely that that person will continue the relationship with the health practitioner that provides a better experience at the end of the day. There's definitely a lot to learn in actually trying to understand uh, some of the learnings that in uh, other industries, uh, particularly, you know, when you talk about software, uh, software as a service, health tech, we spend a lot of time and energy learning all this kind of stuff, but I can see the parallels and actually bringing it out into the community and actually talking to people about how to learn how to use the digital tools and how to actually design the digital healthcare experience that is not this way out, you know, a crazy technological idea, but it's actually real. It's every day. It's an immersed in our, in our lives every day. And we sort of have to find out how to augment and enhance that into the way that healthcare is delivered today. And hence we're taking a step towards reimagining it. What are your thoughts about that and how we actually stay connected through the digital healthcare experience? Yeah, I think um, for me, it's being able to take stock and not just uh, regularly take stock. You know, for example, you've got a website that's out there. Um, you know, you may already have like a, an online booking um, you know, system that's working for you or not working for you is to go through it yourself. Like pretend you're a client and look at that objectively, put on a completely new hat and go through what it might be like to get a service with your practice, you know, anonymously call like that, that good old fashioned mystery shopper thing. It's almost like I was doing just that, thinking right? about the mystery shopper <laughs> and that used to be a really, a yeah. thing. I think a lot of us can relate to it, yeah. but, but you can be your own mystery shopper. That's you can right. sort of consume your own service and sort of feel what it's like. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, randomly call your reception team or, or get a friend or a family member to, to go through and, and book an appointment with, with your practice through your website or through the phone and through the website. Um, it's really important to get, to, uh, I guess, to document every little thing that might, um, the, that person yourself or, you know, a friend or a family member, they might experience out of whack, no matter how small it is, even if it's a logo that's a little bit, you know, too far to the right or something that small, you know, the chances are if they've seen it, someone else has as well. And it's still, it, it feeds to the experience, you know, whilst it might not be directly um, representative how incredible your healthcare team is, it's still an experience. So get them to document it. So they, you know, they get to your um, your webpage, they might look through a couple of, of, of um, you know, internal landing pages within that. Is the information interesting? You know, is your little copyright thing down the bottom up to date with the year? You know, if they send through a web inquiry form, if you have that available, do they get some sort of confirmation back? Like what comes out at the end of that? Do you have a book now button? Like, is that available for someone to be able to book an appointment with you outside of the hours that your reception works? You know, that's something that's really important. And then test it out. Like, get, get your results, have a look, read through and, and take it on board and, and do it regularly. I think that's the key thing. Um, you know, things happen in tech, you know, web pages get let down, links get broken. I mean, it happens to us. It happens to the best of people. I mean, Facebook was down recently for X amount of time. You know, it's not, it's not striving for perfection, but continuous improvement, right? So, yeah, I think I, I, I really recommend um, just regularly reviewing, even if it's like a quarterly thing or even twice a year just to start off with. That's it's something that you can do right now is jump on your website and have a look. Does it speak to the Australian consumer, you know? is Are your facts up to date, you know? Are your treatments up to date? All, a whole bunch of information that would speak to your um, to your ideal client and then have a look at, at what you can improve, you know? Keep up, to t- keep up to date with the trends. Have a look at what your PMS is providing in terms of, you know, add-ons or integrations. What else can you show on your website? You know, what else can you market out there? Is your, is your practice able to, um, you know, prescribe exercises um, through your through your business, if they can put that on your website, I guess it's showing people how your practice can 
help treat them, right? It's um, it's and it's not just in house. It's it's being able to show them that without having a a um a face to face or a phone call conversation with them. That that is an amazing point because I could imagine if I was uh, really busy and uh, and I had a choice between two practitioners or uh, and one of them was sort of really emphasising or perhaps bringing out within their marketing that they could actually provide me with um, support uh, remotely and I don't necessarily mean telehealth um, per se like you say the exercise prescriptions for example all of a sudden in my mind I conjure up an image of how this this um, one of these two choices. Is, is a better alignment with my lifestyle. Mm. It fits in with my lifestyle. And so for some might sound counterintuitive, but um, that is part of value. It's part of how I value the relationship that I'm going to or I'm imagining I'm going to have with uh, one of these two health practices. Yeah. And so that's very persuasive, you know, in terms of making a choice between one or the other. And, uh, you know, and, and I think value and price really need to be understood, you know, by a lot of people, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, the private health insurers and uh, Medicare and there's always a, a political bent on trying to lower the cost of healthcare, but um, sometimes that's just a little bit of code language for getting health practitioners to charge less to those major payers um, or, or accept less. But um, I, think, I think consumers are becoming more and more sophisticated, they're, they're busier, um, their lifestyles are more complicated than ever before. And so as a health practice, um, it's, it's more than just delivering the healthcare outcome. It's about actually being a part of that person's life yeah. and, and, and really taking that on board. Uh, you can just keep it as it is and, and you know what you're going to get. But, you know, there's a lot of different generations uh, that um, exist out there and some of those have just been born with internet in their hands. Mm. And so it's an opportunity for us to actually reimagine the way that we actually integrate ourselves with, um, with technology and particular digital health. And I'll, I'll talk more about it in future, future episodes about digital health uh, as a concept here in Australia, but just generally the idea of technology and what, what role health tech has in combination with the people that are actually uh, working together towards somebody's um, healthcare outcomes. We've talked about the uh, getting to know and keeping it real. It's about yeah. real people. Yeah. Talked about understanding uh, the customer or the client. Uh, we've talked about sort of understanding the touch points or sort of imagining the journey. We've talked about uh, conducting some experiments, you know, whether it's A, B or A, B, C, D, E or <laughs> whatever the case is. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, some, some personal experiences and how that's made an impact on us uh, one way or the other. And, you know, I really loved your point about uh, continuing to keep – um, updating the information that your clients have, yeah. you know, in terms of what you're offering today beyond, above and beyond the actual healthcare service. So the, the question I'm going to ask you is that, you know, that sounds like a lot of work, you know, to, to manage that. And so there, there would be health practice owners out there who are thinking, I'm just so busy uh, delivering healthcare. How am I supposed to market and think about this and design and all the rest of it? What would you say to a person who's thinking about, all of these great sounding ideas, but um, I haven't got much time to do it. Yeah. You know, what, what would your answer be to that? My first response is that you are not alone. <laughs> yeah. And don't try to do it all yourself. I think it's really great to be able to expand and learn, you know, things about marketing or things about, you know, designing experiences and things like that. But you are busy, you know, you've got a full client load, you've got, you know, practitioners and, and contractors and things like that to manage. It's, it's find out who's available to you. Um, you know, we, um, 
something that they there's, there's lots of digital marketers out there. There's lots of healthcare consultants that can help you, and some that are specific specific to your field. Um, a lot of them will know the practice management system that you're using. Some may not, but it's engaging with people that are available out there to help. And I think that's what a lot of people uh, help. A lot of people end up, especially in health, um, no, actually business owners generally, how they end up feeling isolated is because they do things or they try to do things on their own and end up, you know, being overwhelmed, failing and all the rest of that. So it's it's look out for, for who can help you. Um, research your um, digital marketers or people who can, you know, um, those family and friends that might be able to walk through your practice or go through your website to to experience it, to report back to you. And then that information, you you try and, and, and make time for it where you can or you engage with people that can help. And your PMS is a really good place to start um, if you're not sure where to even go from, you know, if, if the, the idea of getting a whole lot, bunch of, you know, results spat out in Google is like a, a nightmare, go to your PMS, ask them who, who you know, they, they will for sure have um, partnerships. I know we do, we have a, a great network of people around us that, um, you know, we're a, either able to recommend or point people in the direction of and, and, and give you information. Yeah, I think I think we'll definitely, we'll, we'll have you back on to talk a little bit more about some of the programs that are running around Core Plus in particular. But I think the um, um, the key thing for uh, the listeners is just to understand that just like um, a uh, client who's interested in producing healthcare outcomes or getting to a better place in mm-hmm. terms of their their health, they're wanting to work with um, various people That's to right. build a team around them that um, you know we you know we're sort of there's there's more multidisciplinary kind of uh, arrangements going on in play, uh, in 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 Australia at the moment across the healthcare system. You know, we're seeing things like um, uh, probably one example that comes to mind is the NDIS and um, and how that really requires um, different types of skill sets to come together in order to support somebody uh, in achieving their goals. And um, and so, why would a practice owner be any different? You know, why why wouldn't you surround yourself with a team and and select you know the marketing expert and the recruiting expert and somebody who understands interior design or how to create an experience with your um, with your reception area, or perhaps even funding parties like um, finance for um, for health practices on how to actually invest in those kinds of things, you know, and, and upgrade your your overall ex- presentation and um, build that into a business plan. And privacy is another thing as well. So surrounding yourself with um, the right skills, the right capabilities would actually make your ability to uh, transform your health practice into into a, a reimagined healthcare experience mm. a lot easier. Yeah. What are your thoughts? No, I think I definitely agree with that. And um, yeah, to, to your point around the, um, you know, potentially being part of a multidisciplinary team, that's, that's a really great suggestion. It's, you know, sometimes um, people in the same sort of discipline may feel, you know, at competition with each other to talk about these things, about, you know, how they're doing things in business, but nothing stopping people from, you know, contacting um, a physio or an osteo or whatever down the road that they, you know, quite admire as to how they've built their business, how they've built their physical practice or their online presence. And just ask them the question, you know, engage with people that are in your industry, but, you know, you may not necessarily feel like you're threatening them or vice versa. Get to know who's in your area, get to know who's doing really well and how, and how and why it's working for them you know talk to people in your in your allied health space yeah i think that's um it's a good way to go oh it's great advice well thank you so much di i've been speaking with diana yunin who's the customer success manager at uh, core plus uh, and has had a lived experience in helping health practitioners um, 
run their business better in the career to date and is a uh, all-round, heartfelt, wonderful person for talking about how to be successful in using health tech for private practice and also uh, working with potential products that could enhance the overall service delivery and reimagine the actual healthcare experience that's offered to uh, to clients out there. So I want to thank you very much, Di, for coming in. I really always love talking to you. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you very much. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.